once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. Your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aliyah. And today we are here with Yelena Taylor, uh, who is a solo musician. And we're going to be talking to her for the next 30 to 40 minutes or so about her career, life, aliens, horror, and all sorts of fun stuff. So to start off, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> Excited to be here. So to start off, I'm going to get it over to Aliyah for question number one. All right, Yelena. Um, please, for those who are not familiar with your work, who are listening to this podcast, please give us a nutshell version of who you are and what you do in the realms of metal. Yeah, so um, I've, I'm Yelena. I've been playing guitar for well over 20 years now, I think. Um, and I've played in multiple bands. I used to play in a band called Discarnet Motions. Shout out to them uh, back in L.A., um, I live in the Midwest now, so just kind of getting back up and running to doing music again. Um, kind of took a little break for a while there, but I'm ready to get at it again. I'm a huge metalhead, huge guitar nerd. Um, I have two cats and a husband, and that's pretty much all right now. <laughs> Perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started playing guitar and how you got into metal? Oh yeah, um, so it all started with my big brother Mirko. Um, shout out to him too. <laughs> uh, his influence when I was a kid, he was my hero. You know, he still is in many ways. And um, he was really into Metallica. And I just remember going, what's that? <laughs> and ever since then, that's how it kind of went downhill, uphill, I don't know, whichever way you want to put it. Um, and like Metallica was like my all-time favorite band growing up. That was like the band. James Hetfield, you know, totally had a crush on him when I was like 12, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I could probably like sing that in their entire discography. Um, and I wanted to originally play drums. Uh, but at the time, we were, you know, immigrants from Eastern Europe living in a tiny apartment so in West LA. So my parents were like, no, just play guitar like your brother. So I was like, okay, you know, we couldn't fit uh, a drum kit or afford to lose any any um, neighbors and stuff like that with all the noise. So mm. that's kind of how I started playing guitar and um, haven't stopped since. So did your brother like kind of teach, help teach you when you first started or did you just yeah. self-taught the whole way or? Oh no, yeah, he definitely helped me get started. Um, you know because I wouldn't like put his guitar down he's like stop doing it stop touching my guitar because he was like five years old than me you know and um so actually for my 14th birthday this is like one of my all-time favorite memories in general he uh took me out to a guitar store and like had me close my eyes I didn't know where I was going or anything and he's like open your eyes and I he's like now you can pick whichever guitar you want like you know within reason Aww. within our budget yeah so he That's bought so me my sweet. very first guitar it was really fun and like he taught me how to play like you know the first few songs of Metallica that were really easy like for whom the bell tolls and things like that and um so yeah I definitely 
huge influence from my brother and I owe him everything and getting me started. I want to jump in, please. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about your new song uh, today. Can mm -hmm. you kind of go over the basis of the song and kind of like, I, I know it's got a little bit of a theme. Anyways, if you can kind of go over that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, it's about Ellen Ripley from the 1979 cult hit classic I don't know how that said, if I said that properly, movie, Alien, um, you know, with Sigourney Weaver. And I know maybe not a lot of people nowadays know about that movie because it's a little bit older now. Um, but for the young ones who are curious, it's an awesome movie. It's kind of more of a psychological thriller than anything else, I would say, at this point. Um, and it's known for its special effects, which, again, were um, kind of... Uh, what's the word, innovative for the day, uh, for that decade. And uh, my favorite artist, Geiger, was um, the one who created the xenomorph alien, which was the terrifying, mysterious entity in the movie. Um, so when I rewatched this as an adult, I was still terrified by it as the, almost just as much as I was when I was a kid. And um, Ellen Ripley's character just really inspired me because she's so strong and capable and uh, don't want to give away too much of the movie, but you know, thinking about her and her story uh, got me inspired to write some riffs, some like death metal-y riffs, thinking about her like fighting the, the entity in space um, all alone, you know, and she might be terrified out of her mind because I know I would be. Um, and so the song is kind of through her eyes. And uh, my buddy Andrew decided to collaborate with me since I think I'm a terrible death metal vocalist. <laughs> and I just kind of really envisioned the song being um, a death metal song, you know, because I love Morbid Angel and uh, Big Influence by them and Behemoth and all those kinds of like death metal, black metal kind of bands. Um, so I wanted to give it like that really brutal kind of eerie feeling um, and just, you know, have an excuse to shred and kind of get back in the game with it. Um, so the lyrics basically take you through the journey of the movie through Ellen Ripley's eyes um, from start to finish, basically. But it's kind of made to be slightly ambiguous. So if you watch the movie and then read the lyrics and listen to the song, it will it will kind of like connect the dots for you. Makes sense. Now, I had a question about that. Were, um, were you always intending on releasing it on Alien Day? I didn't even know there was such a thing as Alien Day. Like when Aaliyah told me about it. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about until I Googled it. Yeah, honestly, I didn't either for a few years um, until like 2015 or so. My old coworkers at Line 6 actually uh, told me about it. I was like, what's that? Because I, I never really paid attention to the um, tiny details of the movie at first. Uh, but apparently it's the planet that they land on in the movie is called LV-426. So uh, that's why 426 is the alien day. And I did plan to originally release it last year. <laughs> um, but, you know, things got in the way. And, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But, you know, the bug of perfectionism got mm -hmm. to me. And I was like, no, no, I need to redo this part. I need to do, redo that part. And I just um, couldn't bear to release it last year. So I actually spent a whole other year on it. Fair. Yeah. Um, Aliyah, do you have a follow-up before I go on? I want to go on to a slightly different subject, but. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we go into 
right now what kind of went on behind the scenes and why it took another year um, to really get this out there. Yeah, um, so to be perfectly honest, um, basically my mental health kind of took a toll on me, had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, which is, you know, totally fine to talk about because um, I feel like the mental health topic needs to be brought to light as much as possible. So even if one person out there is listening to this, I hope you hear this and I hope it inspires you a little bit. But um, yeah, I was just like suffering from depression and anxiety and the perfectionism aspect really, really got to me. Um, you know, just really wanting the song to be perfect, picking it apart, that negative voice in your head just going on and on. Like, no, this isn't good enough. You're never gonna be good enough. Ah. And so at some point you have to like bind and gag that voice and throw it in the trunk, you know? <laughs> And you know, sometimes the only way to do that is to go to a therapist and talk to somebody or just even talk to a friend. You know, I've talked to many friends and family members, but at one point I did start going to therapy and that's helped a lot. So, um, you know, I discovered I have obsessive compulsive disorder. So that definitely played into a lot of the music writing and why I couldn't feel like I could move forward because I kept getting stuck in a loop, you know. And anyone who has OCD might like actually relate to that and understand what that feels like. So yeah, this releasing the song is really, really meaningful to me in that regard, because it feels like I'm breaking through that loop and getting back out there again in terms of, you know, just living my life and, and learning to battle with these little issues day by day. Now, um, so I don't want to phrase this with, without sounding weird or anything like that. Was that the only thing that was going on behind the scenes that took me to take another period of time? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, there were also just other things like switching jobs a bunch of times. Um, you know, I had a I, I had a job that I was kind of unhappy at. I won't say <laughs> where it was. Um, not music related at all. So. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it was just making me miserable on top of everything and kind of exacerbating my issue with the, you know, the negative thoughts, intrusive thoughts, the OCD. So um, once I quit that job, it just like opened things back up for me again, even though I was like, oh, what, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I kind of rage quit, actually. So um, but I do not regret it because it opened a lot more doors for me and um, I'm in a much, much better place now. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like a simultaneous thing of job situation that was making me miserable, my mental health getting exacerbated by that, the pandemic, everything, all of it just combined, I was just feeling really overwhelmed and I realized I had to take a step back and just be like, you know what, what's another year, like, or I thought it was going to be a few months, but it turned out being a year and I thought, yeah, I need to push it out now, so that's kind of how that happened. Oh. Why did you choose to release it under your own name instead of like a band name? Because it's kind of, because the collaboration. So I was actually kind of curious what the thought process was there, if any. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually, this was actually going to be a band back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit. So uh, that kind of like threw everything off. And uh, it wasn't just me. I mean, it was um, my vocalist, Andrew, that, collaborated with me here. He and I were starting a band with my husband, Justin, and my um, other pal who I don't, I haven't even actually heard from him in a while. So hope he's doing okay. Um, 
but uh, yeah, the pandemic basically threw everything off. And now we're all kind of like in different spots in our life, you know, two, three years later. So um, we all kind of decided a band would be a little bit too much of a commitment at this time. Mm. Uh, so that being one of the, the reasons. And then the other reason is just because um, at this point in my life, I just feel like I want to try to focus on getting my own songs out there. Um, this one song happens to be a collaboration and I couldn't let it go. I just thought it was too awesome not to like release it, you know, yeah. um, and I'm incredibly thankful for everybody that put time and energy into it. Um, but yeah, for the rest of the time, I'm probably going to be focusing on doing like more multi-instrumental stuff and just like releasing my own songs and things. Um, right. Even learning, re relearning how to like record and stuff. Cause there's a lot of stuff I, I don't know anymore. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why it's mainly I, I it was the whole aspect of the band got disbanded by the pandemic and threw our lives into separate directions. And the aspect of, okay, well now I want to write a solo album um, or at least release a bunch of songs and hopefully turn it into an album. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fair. Are they death metal think, or what? Um, you know, I love death metal. Uh, it might end up kind of going in separate directions. I'm trying not sure. to limit myself too much in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, some some of the songs that I kind of already have written are a little on the proggier side, so like kind of progressive metal. Um, definitely all going to be metal, probably. <laughs> Nothing like uh, off that track, but um, definitely going to have different kind of elements to it because I love all the metal. That's another reason why it took me so long to like want to start up another project again is because I just love all the different subgenres of metal. I mean, all of them. I can never decide. Do I want to be folk metal? Do I want to be death metal? Do I want to be prog metal? And yeah. you know, there's just so much to choose from, and they're all great. So you know, they all inspiring. So now, okay, so, so like the first thought, like this is your first solo track, correct? Or am I mistaken on that? Technically, I think so. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever released my own piece of music on um, like Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. So, yes. Cool. Okay. So then, then my question is going to be, it should make sense. So um, how do you, how do you think, so if you're going to be kind of doing all these mishmash of different genres as you go mm -hmm. along, how are you planning on kind of marketing yourself? Like, what are you? How do you, how do you it's like this because like if I because like me when I heard this I'm thinking you're a death metal person so how are you, how are you going to kind of overcome that hurdle of like I do all these different sounds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess I was kind of going to let that shape itself as I go along sure. um but that is a very good question and probably something I should think more about there okay I'm opening up a can of <laughs> I apologize. No, 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 no. That's that's totally fine because uh, as I was telling Aaliyah earlier in the day today, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I really didn't think through. Yeah, <laughs> so. that though. So okay, because like, okay, so like this is kind of like more of a death metal song that we got. At least I mm -hmm. think it is mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Who? What are you? What are you going to do to follow it up? Do you think we're going to do like folk metal then or? What's no, 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 no. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. It, if there is one. 
I guess, I guess, you know, if I really had to lump myself into like a specific category, when I think about the next song I'm going to be working on, um, I would say probably as a whole, it's going to be like progressive death metal. The only issue with calling my, my only issue with calling it death metal specifically is that um, I don't think I'm going to have a vocalist for the rest of the stuff, or at least for the next song, it's going to be instrumental. So that's kind of why I don't know if it's correct to call it death metal since death metal is more characterized by the guttural vocals, you know. Um, although, I mean, there are other elements certainly like like tremolo picking and blast beats. Those are definitely more black metal slash death metal. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's definitely going to be some elements of that, but the next song is definitely going to be more proggy. It's got weird time signatures, might not even have blast beats at all. <laughs> so we'll see, but it will be heavy regardless, yeah. Cool, okay, so you're gonna try to market yourself or try to do your songs as like a progressive death metal without a vocalist. I guess so, yeah, if I had to like choose one specific label. <laughs> I'm sending you a death metal band, I know that's instrumental, just so you know, it's, it's going in your Instagram, just so you know. Um, but oh, awesome. That, that's a little bit off topic, but, um, where was I going with this? Um, Aliyah, you do a follow-up question. I just lost my whole train of thought because I was thinking about the band I was in the center. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Uh, well, I wanted to bring up the fact that you actually um, mentioned in the press release that for the Perfect Survivor song that you released today, uh, when we're recording this, you mentioned that you came up with one of the starting building blocks for the song when you were doing the 100 Days of Riffs challenge on Instagram, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like and what, what, is what that, that was when it- thank, thank you, I wanted to know what that was. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Um, okay, so I'll tell you exactly where first that was inspired by. Um, there is a makeup artist that I follow on YouTube and Instagram, I guess, technically. She goes by Glam and Gore. Uh, very popular. I'm sure a lot of people know about her. I love her. her. She's yeah. amazing. <laughs> she is. She's so amazing. And I love her work. Um, she had a couple of videos in terms of like how to find your, I think like how to find your passion or how to like market your passion, whatever it may be. Hers obviously being like, you know, makeup artistry um, and special effects and such. So I kind of took that, um, I think she said she did 100 days of makeup and I kind of loved that idea. So I went with that and um, just called it 100 days of riffs because I thought, well, her thing's makeup, my thing is guitar. I love guitar, I've played it since I was 12, which is a very long time now. And uh, um, so I kind of just went with that. And I did notice some people had done it before too, which was cool. So. I went with it and I stuck with it. Uh, it was grueling at times because at the time I did have a long commute to work out here in, um, from Indiana to Chicago. So like some days I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to, but you know what? I, I gotta do it. I, I just gotta do it. I promised myself I would do it. So I did. And some days it was acoustic guitar. Some days it was electric. Um, got to like- Was it all original riffs or was it a mix? No, it was a mix. Um, so some days I would just be like messing around and make my own riffs. And then other days I would like, I don't know, play Judas Priest or something like that. 
um, just trying to keep it fresh, trying to keep practicing, even if it was like 10, 20 minutes a day. Um, Cause at that time I struggled with motivation. So that is kind of what kept me going and kept me like disciplined. Um, and it was really fun actually. And, and super rewarding at the end, even if like, it didn't necessarily like the videos weren't like some amazing production by any means, but it was just like the, the process of doing it and post the accountability of posting it online, you know, for my friends to see, I was like, well, I got it. I got to keep doing it. My friends are waiting, you know, for a video today. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, it was, it was during one of those days where I was thinking about Ellen Ripley from Alien. And as I was thinking about it, the riff just started flowing. And I was like, hmm, this is a good one. I should keep this one. And this was like in 2018 when I came up with that riff. So four years later, it's now a whole song. That's so cool. So yeah. how, how do you ensure that you're going to be, you know, keeping going with the momentum? Because once you release one song, I would imagine you would want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did... Uh, start writing a lot of music back in 2015 and I think I have about like seven unfinished songs <laughs> and I kind of used this song as a segue into breaking out of that as I said earlier it was like very important to me in terms of um, getting out of the the perfectionism loop of, of feeling like oh no it's not good enough I gotta keep going gotta keep working on it so now that this one is out, I kind of feel like, oh, it's a breakthrough. Like I can finally write and not have to worry about it being super perfect. And, you know, just also reminding myself it's not that big of a deal. Like people release music all the time and the market is like super saturated anyway. Like no one's going to care if I have one little flub in the recording, you know, I just have to like kind of remind myself of these things and, and that, um, you know, getting the music out there is much more important than focusing on the tiny details of, oh, the snare doesn't sound right on this part of the song. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's and, always going to be people who nitpick about stuff like that, but yeah, you're right. I think I like that perspective. Most better. people. Yeah. Most people won't notice. Yeah. Yeah, they won't. And I know that when I listen to my friend's music, it's like, because I tried to now look at it from a perspective of how would I react if this was my friend's song. And I know that listening to it for the first time with your own ears, it's like, it's like you're hearing what emotion they're trying to convey more than you're listening for the imperfections in the sound. Unless, unless your friend is like, oh, hey, can you hear, can you listen to the snare on this? You know, that's a different story. But like when you, when you first listen to music, you don't think about like the engineering aspect or the mistakes or this or that. Cause I have so many favorite artists who, you know, weren't necessarily the shredders of, of our time, but they had like such emotion in their in their playing. Like for example, Death, um, you know, that band is like, or Control Denied, both of those bands are like some of my favorite bands in the world. And and even though a lot of people consider Chuck Schuldiner a shredder, he definitely had little flubs here and there, but it was, that was what made the song. And you can definitely feel the emotion in the songs much more than let's say someone who might be like proficiently proficient in technicality but isn't necessarily conveying an emotion um yeah anyway I digress point being is yeah I think a lot of people just want to someone to relate to and I think music helps people connect and relate to each other 
So that's what I try to keep in mind. And that's what's going to keep my momentum going now because I have all these songs almost like done and I just need to work on them, each one a little bit more and get them pushed out. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, so Leo, we should probably switch topics. There was one that you wanted to take up, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Um, I, I know we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier today um, during our discussion um, about the single and the press release. Um, <laughs> You mentioned some stigmas that you faced as a female guitarist in the metal world. Um, yeah. Can you talk about your experiences and, and what it's been like for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, being lumped into the category of female guitarist, um, you know, it's fine in some regard, uh, but it has been challenging because I kind of feel like people expect a certain thing from you, um, whether that's looks, I would say it's primarily looks. Like it seems like, it seems like there's like this added pressure when you're a female or woman um, to look a certain way, act a certain way, be the cool chick, no, be the hot chick, be, be the really nice one, no, no, be, be a bitch, you know, be a boss, uh, no, no, be polite. It's like you can't, win it's sometimes I feel like you can't win and no matter what you do somebody somewhere has to make the comments usually online you know through anonymous goggles of like oh get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich woman quit guitar you suck woman <laughs> you know things like that um so that has certainly been challenging especially when I first discovered YouTube and the fact that I could post a video online um because I didn't know how to react to that to be honest. Um, nowadays, I just kind of let it roll off the shoulder, so to speak. But um, there's a lot of also interesting perspectives to, in, in the guitar community. Because um, as I said in the beginning of, of this um, video or, or call, I should say, um, that I'm a huge guitar nerd. I love guitar. I know a lot about guitar. I could probably, you know, help people build a guitar if they really wanted to. <laughs> um, I never actually built one myself, but you know, I could, I could help you build one theoretically, hypothetically speaking. Um, so having said that, there's a lot of times where I feel like people don't trust me or my opinion because I'm a woman. And a lot of the times it didn't occur to me until later when I realized it, you know, and it's kind of disheartening because it's like, my brain works just as well as anybody else's. <laughs> I don't think that playing guitar requires any kind of testosterone per se. So, you know, it's, it's about creativity. If anything, creativity is a very feminine trait. Um, so I kind of think it's strange how, you know, a woman who's a violinist doesn't get anywhere near the hate that a woman who plays metal guitar is. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that metal is stereotyped as being aggressive, you know? Um, but I think a lot of women and girls love metal and maybe they're just not, you know, encouraged enough to kind of step out into the light to, to keep doing it. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I feel like women who are like keyboardists or vocalists um, don't get 
the same kind of stigma that a woman who is a guitarist will get. Right. Maybe a female <laughs> harsh vocalist will get a little bit um, because mm-hmm. those are roles that are like guy roles. Mm-hmm. So, I have a theory about that. <laughs> go, Sorry, go ahead. I want, no, I want to ask a question, but let's hear your theory because I don't want you to forget your theory. Well, the only thing that I can really think of is just that it comes down to um, guys and not, not all guys, obviously. Like, actually, I would say a very small percentage of guys. Hashtag not all men. I would say a very small percentage of guys, but they're just loud um, that get like, you know, threatened. They get threatened by women who might do something that they like better than they do. So they feel the need to like tear them down. Um, and I've seen women do the same thing, actually. So it's not just men, but I would say insecurity in general kind of plays into it a bit. Um, that's not to say that I'm like amazing or something, but I definitely, you know, can say that I'm a proficient guitar player. And I think some people might feel threatened by that, especially like, you know, some guys who, who might get less attention than me or something. I mean, some people I've played in bands with who shall remain unnamed didn't like that I had more attention than they did. And they would claim, oh, it's because you're a girl. And I'm like, or maybe it's because I'm not as sloppy as you. (laughs) You know, things like that. Um, but yeah, what, what was your question? Well, it was kind of, I was kind of going to ask because I mean, like I basically work with all women basically. So I've, I've, yeah. I've never, I've never really seen this a lot, at least with them. So mm-hmm. do you think, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, obviously, because it, obviously it happens, but do you think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is mainly like just a small percentage of people? Cause it does, like, it seems like it's always just like, yeah, I think you know, it is. It's just like, I guess it's just like hurtful when, well, I would say the music industry is kind of rampant with it itself. That's a different story. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sure it depends on the company as well. Um, But like in terms of, in terms of those ones that want to tear people down, I think that is a small percentage. I tend to believe that most people are good or have good intentions. So I don't, yeah, it's not like I feel... I don't feel like victimized. I don't feel like I'm, you know, being torn apart by everyone or something like that. It's just that that small amount tend to be really loud and usually anonymous, you know. This is this is just human survival instinct, you know. We always fixate on the negative like yeah, because that's the danger. We don't have to pay attention to the positive. It's like, okay, it's positive. We don't need to worry about it. We worry about the negative. <laughs> that's what can kill us um totally yeah. totally speaking, psychologically speaking but yeah. yeah yeah well said especially like when you're first starting out you know like it might be intimidating to new artists because when they they see like a million you know they might see like tons of comments from family and friends saying wow you're so awesome you're so awesome and then you have that one anonymous you know guy living in the basement kind of like kind of like keyboard warrior from Amon to Mars. <laughs> yeah. I used that. <laughs> and like, but that sticks with you, you know? And for some reason that one, you focus on that one instead of the rest. So I totally agree, Aaliyah. Yeah. Um, where do we want to go with this, Aaliyah? I, I think we had You look like you wanted to ask a question. So well, I'm I do, but I did. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to sound stupid. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to freaking do it. There's no stupid questions, only stupid answers. That's what my dad always says. <laughs> the 
Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think in, this is my own opinion. It's a question slash statement. I, I, I think in general, it, it's there is a it's a very small percentage of people. I think. I mean, mm -hmm. but again, on the receiving end of it. So I mean, I don't. Maybe I'm not just not seeing it. But um, you were going to say something, Leah. I think you're right. I think it's a very small yes. small percentage of people who. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially as the internet progresses, like people start realizing that this can come back to you. You're not as anonymous as you used to be. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so people, <laughs> people aren't as big of bullies as they used to be. Yeah, and no, right. some people, but, but the thing is that Yelena, you have been around for, in the music scene for a while now. Um, mm -hmm. And like, when did you upload your first video to YouTube? I just found it. In the YouTube's uh, infancies, <laughs> which was not that long Actually, ago. I made my first, very first video probably private at this point, but it was in, I think, 2009. Yeah, 2009, I think it was. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago, but I opened my YouTube channel in 2006, which is the year I turned 21. So yeah, I'm, I'm old. I'm ancient. No, just kidding. But like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the best time of my life right now. So whoever's watching, if you're losing hope and in your 20s, please know that your 30s can be just as, as good. <laughs> Amen. Um, so yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving life right now. I'm thriving. And uh, um, yeah, I started my YouTube a long time ago and I never had the intention of necessarily posting anything, but I got inspired by other musicians. And, um, you know, even, even despite some of the hate in the beginning with some of them, it's like, I would say most of them were nice and I really enjoyed the feedback. I love the community. Um, there's definitely something to be said about, I'm sure it's a whole topic all on its own, the whole internet thing and just right. being able to connect with people. Cause when I was in high school, it's like, you know, the only form of social media that we had back then was forums. And I was on the cannibal corp oh, yeah. forum right. <laughs> and I was on the uh, fear factory forum and that's it. And that, that was like my way of socializing with other metalheads because where I went to school, not a lot of people really liked that subgenre. So, you know, shout out to anyone who knows BioDroid Girl. Because <laughs> so, that was my first ever username. <laughs> I, I want to ask a quick question. But I, know we're, I know we're starting to run long here, but I, I if, assuming you guys got a couple more minutes, I just want to talk about your YouTube channel. Like it, it seems a bit, sure. it, I've been inactive for a bit. It looks like your last post was a few years ago. But yeah. how the heck? You get like 80,000 views on the one it was like 79,000 I don't know that was it, just uh one of the ones that like went randomly viral I guess and uh yeah, I guess a lot of death fans out there and I I loved that song I just randomly posted it I had no idea what I was doing like I had no intention whatsoever with that I just wanted to post it because I loved the band death and I was like hell yeah I want to post this <laughs> and then the one day I opened my computer and I was like, wow, there's a lot of comments on this. What's happening? <laughs> you got like so. close to 10,000 on just, on just the one. And I was like, wow. But <laughs> waited a year to post your next one. So I, anyways, is there, are you planning on doing more or because it looks like something that was working for you? Yeah, I, I really love doing it. It's just, um, I kind of like, you know, that's one of the things that fell by the wayside with the mental health issues and whatnot. Um, but I'm certainly planning on doing more. I, I love visual arts and representation like that. So uh, definitely expect some stuff on there soon. 
cool yeah no I, I like it looks like you were doing really good when you're posting it so I'm just kind of curious what happened there but if it's just mm. not happening it's not happening um yeah. Aaliyah, cover before we wrap up i know we're like 45 minutes in now uh, yeah, we should probably like wrap it up pretty soon but uh, i did want to ask really quick because now i know you have pretty intensive in, in industry experience in los angeles um and you live in the midwest now with me not with me but like <laughs> we both live in the midwest and yeah, <laughs> nearby yeah and um did you do you notice any major cultural differences between the music scene in Los Angeles versus the music scene in the Midwest, or is it kind of kind of the same? What do you think? Uh, it seems pretty similar so far. Um, one thing I will say is that I haven't had a chance to play out here yet, so like live. Um, so I'm still kind of waiting to see what that experience will be like. Um, I'm not sure like in terms of supportiveness how it seems to be out here but so far i um have had a great time going to shows it seems just like la in that regard and everyone even if you don't know them you know it's always the same thing like the metalheads it's like that unspoken brotherhood slash sisterhood of you know metal and people who get it they just get it you know um so that's always still there um but yeah i will say that in general out here in the Midwest, there's definitely more of a focus on, um, what's the word? Not honor, but like integrity, I guess, I would say, rather than in LA, which can get pretty dicey in terms of morals and, you know, integrity and uh, a lot of like egos in the picture and a lot of like uh, uh, me, 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 I, I, I types of people, you know. Um, which can get like really in, uh, intimidating for anybody that isn't like that, especially if you're more introverted. I'm slightly more introverted than extroverted. So I had a hell of a time trying to connect with people out there. Um, and that's not to say I didn't make a lot of friends because I did. I have a lot of amazing friends out there. There's definitely a whole scene of amazing musicians out there, um, like my friends out there in Cerebrus and other bands um, who you know, I've, I had so much fun playing live with, and there, there was definitely a sense of camaraderie, um, but it's more like overall though, it's more Hollywood. And that's something that I just didn't vibe with. So coming out to here to the Midwest, it seems more down to earth and genuine. And I'm really, really looking forward to kind of playing more or trying to play actual shows out here and see what that, that experience would be like in comparison to LA. Right on. Yeah. that's kind of my my take on it too but I didn't spend as much time in LA I spent more time here so I'm more biased so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I think we should go ahead and wrap things up so for the last point let's uh why don't you tell people where they can um find your new single where they should follow you and what's coming next are you still doing a sure, lyric yeah. for this yeah, uh, well, I'm trying to find another uh, vendor to do it through. Um, the one that I originally wanted to do it a year ago was closed down. So um, if you know anyone, let me know. Uh, but yeah, I'm still intending on doing a lyric video, uh, going to actually do a playthrough. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at Yelena Taylor. Um, I'm definitely active on there. Not super active on Facebook right now. Maybe that'll change in the not too distant future. 
And same thing with YouTube, youtube.com slash Taylor. That's with a J. <laughs> and uh, please also don't forget to follow my friend, uh, Craig Spencer. He's the monstrous lead guitar player in the intro. Uh, he does that first solo. He's awesome. Um, and my buddy, Andrew Osterbahn, he is the vocalist. Um, he's also on uh, Instagram. I think he's more active on there as well. He goes by Bones East Road. So follow him too. <laughs> and yeah, um, it was just a, a brilliant collaboration. I, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, it was a lot of fun and that's the whole point, right? So thank you very much for having me. It was, it was awesome. Thank you thank so you much for, for everything you've done. <laughs> thank you for coming on. And everyone, until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared. <laughs>